Coming up next on Passion Struck. You're making choices in the frequency of shadow, in ego. You're disconnected. And it's a very limited place. It's a very fear-based place. And that's what creates our depression, our struggle, our frustration, our anxiety. And that is a definition of a living hell. But it doesn't have to be that way. It's not supposed to be that way. When you plug in every day to your higher self, to your team and spirit, to your source, whatever you call it, and it becomes a collaboration or a co-creation with this divine energy, you then show up and connect into those frequencies of light. And you make choices from light, which is that aligned place, the place that connects to love and compassion. Welcome to Passion Struck. Hi, I'm your host, John R. Miles. And on the show, we decipher the secrets, tips, and guidance of the world's most inspiring people and turn their wisdom into practical advice for you and those around you. Our mission is to help you unlock the power of intentionality so that you can become the best version of yourself. If you're new to the show, I offer advice and answer listener questions on Fridays. We have long form interviews the rest of the week with guests ranging from astronauts to authors, CEOs, creators, innovators, scientists, military leaders, visionaries, and athletes. Now, let's go out there and become Passion Struck. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 332 of Passion Struck. Consistently ranked by Apple as one of the top 10 health podcasts and the number one alternative health podcast. And thank you to each and every one of you who come back weekly to listen and learn how to live better, be better, and impact the world. Passion Struck is now on syndicated radio, and you can listen to us on the Brushwood Media Network during your evening commute every Monday and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Links will be in the show notes. If you're new to the show, Thank you so much for being here, or you simply want to introduce this to a friend or family member. We now have episode starter packs, which are collections of our fans' favorite episodes that we organize into convenient topics. Give any new listener a great way to get acclimated to everything we do here on the show. Either go to Spotify or passionstruck.com slash starter packs to get started. In case you missed it, last week I had two great interviews. The first was with mental health expert and neuroscientist Dr. Caroline Leaf, who is known for her science-backed mind management techniques. We discussed her new book, how to help your child clean up their mental mess. We also go into how to create healthy habits, the science behind it, as well as many other topics outside of just children. I also interviewed social psychologist and Stanford professor Brian Lowry. In the interview, we discussed Brian's new book, Selfless, The Social Creation of You, and delve into the depths of introspection. We peel back the layers of conditioning, societal expectations, and self-imposed limitations, allowing our authentic self to emerge from the shadows. Please check them all out, and I wanted to say thank you for your ratings and reviews. If you love today's episode, we would so appreciate you giving it a five-star review and sharing it with your friends and families. I know we and our guests love to see comments from our listeners. In today's episode, we delve into the age-old inquiry of our purpose on earth. My guest, Rebecca Rosen, is a psychic medium who possesses exceptional abilities serving as a mediator between two realms, the physical world, which entails everyday problems, and the spiritual world, where she has gained insight, revealing that every individual is born with a unique mission, and it is our responsibility to fulfill it in this earth school. However, painful family histories, personal trauma, and negative patterns often hinder our progress, causing confusion and distraction that hinder us from living a fulfilling life. Rebecca's latest book, What's Your Heaven?, is the focus of our discussion, which teaches how to tap into your inner wisdom and the universe's guidance to live with intention, honesty, and purpose. The book outlines practical exercises, thought-provoking questions, 
and prompts to assist in identifying significant lessons and embracing the necessary personal growth to become the best version of yourself. Through these tools, you can overcome your obstacles and roadblocks that limit your success. Rebecca is a renowned inspirational speaker, author of international best-selling books, and star of Lifetime's The Last Goodbye, and she has captured the hearts of many with her accessible approach and highly precise skill in communicating with the deceased. Her broad appeal and messages of healing have resulted in frequent appearances in national media outlets such as Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, Entertainment Tonight, Fox and Friends, among others. Her exceptional talent has earned her sold-out live performances across the country. Stay tuned for an amazing episode. Thank you for choosing Passion Struck and choosing me to be your host and guide on your journey to creating an intentional life. Now, let that journey begin. I am absolutely thrilled today to have the honor of having Rebecca Rosen on Passion Struck. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. You discovered that you were a medium over 20 years ago, and I understand that it started with a defining event when you were 20 years old that involved your grandmother. How did your grandmother help you to find your superpower? This is true. For the first 20 years of my life, unaware, I had this ability to communicate with the dead. What happened was, is my grandmother took her life when I was only 10 years old. She suffered from a long history of mental illness. I, at 20, was going through my own experience with depression. And it stemmed from my father, my grandmother's son, had attempted suicide. And I was down at the University of Florida in my little bubble. And then all of a sudden back home in Omaha, Nebraska, my family was falling apart. And so the way I dealt with my emotions is I stuffed them with food. So I started sleep eating and this evolved over a period of about six months and I was out of control. I didn't know what was going on. And so I was praying. I didn't even know what I was praying to. And one day when I was journaling, because journaling was always the way I worked out my feelings, my dead grandmother started talking to me and I could hear her in my head faster than I could get it down through the writing. So it's a process called automatic writing. At the time, I had no idea what it was, but for an hour, she said, Hey, I don't want you to suffer from depression. Like I did, let me help you. And I'm here with angels and I know you don't believe us. So I'm going to give you three key things to go ask your father. So, you know, this is me and it's real. Well, sure enough, I ran out of the bookstore, called my dad. He almost fell over because he said the things that I shared with him, nobody knew but him. He was convinced I was connected to her. So bottom line, for 18 months, she gave me a self-help program to heal myself from the inside out, and it worked. And so that was the beginning of my awareness. And from there, I got my degree in advertising. I tried to get a job. I couldn't. And that's why I said, all right, universe, if you want me to share this with other people, bring it to me. And three months after starting readings... All of a sudden, I got on the cover of this big publication magazine in Detroit, and my career opened up and took off. Well, I'm very sorry about your grandmother, but I love that story and how it involved you going on this 18-month self-introspective journey that led you to unlocking what you're doing today. And I also love that you're a gator because my own 20-year-old daughter is currently a sophomore at UF, and my oh, fiance is a gator as well. Go Gators. I love it. <laughs> so I wanted to level set for the audience because some people have different feelings when it comes to 
the spiritual world. And some people talk about being a psychic and others talk about being a medium. What's the difference? That's a great question. So all mediums are psychic. Not all psychics are mediums. Okay. So psychic is 101. Honestly, we are all psychic. We're all born with that sixth sense. Some of us better at it than others. Some of us more naturally wired than others. Mediumship is taking it to the next level. It's much more involved. Okay. What's happening, psychic ability, you're reading energy telepathically, past, present, future about someone or something. Mediumship, you're actually relying on outside discarnate energy. So whether it's dead people, pets who have passed on, angels, spirit guides, they download information to and through you. And so it's a much more involved process. Okay. And just going on this, familiarizing the audience with different terms, what's your definition of a spirit and what is a spirit guide? Okay. So a spirit with a capital S in my book, I refer to that as the divine source, God, whatever you want to call it. Spirit with a lowercase s, that is the eternal energetic essence of who we are, okay? That's the energy that it comes in and out of bodies lifetime after lifetime. So when we leave this physical body, the body dies, but the spirit is what is eternal and lives on and goes into what a lot of us call heaven. And then what was the other question? Oh, spirit guides. Spirit guides, yes. Okay, so before we're born... We all choose an energetic support system to cover us or have our back while we're in this physical earth school is what I call it. Okay. And it's made up of a team of these spirit guides, angels, departed loved ones, and spirit guides are properly and responsibly trained to help you fulfill your mission. The life assignments you signed up for before you were born to come in and accomplish that. And these spirit guides make life a lot easier when we believe in it and we call on them. We use them to help us. And I understand there are different types of spirit guides. You gave a couple there. What are some of the ones that would come into our lives and how do you discover what type of spirit guides that you have? It's a unique process for everybody. The spirit guides range, they meet you where you're at. So some of us have like master senior level guides, very advanced because we're here to do very big work and we need big guns. Okay. Some of us have more junior level guides because we have less to tackle. Okay. So we, everybody's different, but these guides, they can empathize with what you've gone through. Okay. And all spirit guides unlike angels, have lived an earthly existence. So for example, my grandma babe who killed herself, she and I had very similar life lessons and she had a tremendous amount of regret. And she said, instead of reincarnating and doing it all over again, I'm gonna redeem myself or balance my unhealed karma by staying in the spirit world. It took her 10 years to heal and then to responsibly guide me, her granddaughter, and then it was a win because I allowed her in. She helped me because she totally, there's no judgment, compassion, empathy, because she understood how hard life can be. So she became a guide and I helped her evolve and she helped me evolve. So that is how that works. Get ready to supercharge your hiring experience with Indeed, our fantastic partner. We at PassionStruck are all about seeking smarter, more efficient ways to do things and indeed perfectly aligns with this philosophy when it comes to hiring. 
It's more than just a job site. It's a comprehensive platform that revolutionizes the way you find the perfect candidates. With its powerful matching engine and over 350 million global monthly visitors, Indeed streamlines the hiring process, bringing top talent straight to you. No more sifting through endless unqualified resumes. Indeed does the heavy lifting just for you. And what I love about Indeed is its ability to centralize all your hiring activities. From scheduling interviews and screening applicants to messaging candidates, it's all in one place. During my career, I've hired thousands of employees, and I only wish I had Indeed's efficiency and speed back then. And here's a fact that absolutely blows my mind. 93% of employers, according to a recent survey, say Indeed delivers the best quality matches over other job sites. That's quality and speed hand in hand. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash passionstruck. Just go to Indeed.com slash passionstruck right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash passionstruck. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I know all those discount codes are difficult to remember, so we put them all at passionstruck.com slash deals. Now, back to passionstruck. And you mentioned in the book that spirits communicate through our senses, something that you refer to as a clair. What are some of the different ways that they communicate to us? So what's happening is it's all telepathic energy, okay? And they don't have bodies, which means they don't have voices. And so what they're doing is they're intending their energy. They're impressing their energy into the human's mind and body. And then we pick up on that telepathic energy through our clair senses. So those are your psychic senses where you tune into that frequency. So we have clairvoyance. I think everyone has heard of that. Clairvoyance really is clear seeing, which honestly, it's not even that clear. It's like when you're daydreaming or you wake up from a profound dream and you're sitting there reflecting, you can see it in your mind's eye, but you're not actually seeing it. That's clairvoyance. You have clairaudience where you hear things in your mind's voice. Okay. Clairsentience, you feel things, you get the chills or you get an overwhelming feeling and claircognizance. That's just, you know, things you don't know how, but you have these aha moments and that's usually spirit dropping that download into your consciousness. Okay. Well, I think that's very helpful. And you mentioned earth school before. Why do you believe that our existence on earth is a school of sorts? Well, because it's work honestly. And you can make it a fun, enjoyable process, even though you have work to do, or it can be a pain and struggle. And you can dread showing up to earth school each day, but it's all about reframing it. So we are in earth school because why would we come here if we could just stay in the heavenly realms and do our work there? Because it's always more powerful when you reincarnate into earth school and heal, clear, and balance the karma, meaning unfinished business that you haven't completed or the work you left undone from other lifetimes. It's always more powerful to do it in the environment in which it was originally created. And the analogy I like to use for people, it's like reading about Italy in a book or looking up stuff online versus literally packing your suitcase and going over to Italy and walking the ground. It's a very different, a much richer experience. Okay. Well, Rebecca, you open up the book and I'm going to put it right here since I have a copy of it. This great book, What's Your Heaven? Seven Lessons That Heal the Past and Live Fully Now. Congratulations on it. Thank you. But you open up the book 
by saying that we show up in life with assignments, something that you call soul contracts. In other words, as I understand it, before we're born, we choose the lessons that we need to come in and work on somewhere in the range of three to five, if I read your book correctly. Can you tell me some examples of soul contracts and what important truths they are meant to teach each of us before we depart this life? Of course. For any of your listeners who are curious, I on my website, I have a free quiz people can take to figure out what are your three to five top life assignments you're working on. It lists the 30 most common that I've heard about over my 25 years of doing this. And basically, it's like you have to learn forgiveness or self-worth, self-love or kindness or generosity or tolerance. Okay. There's just 30 basic ones that keep coming up for people. A lot of times these life assignments have been passed down to us by generations before us. Okay. It's intergenerational trauma baggage. Okay. That's been handed down through our family lineage. And so we all recognize the patterns in our life. Like my family is in scarcity consciousness, always has been. And so we've always had money struggles, right? Or maybe there's worriers. And so everyone's always worrying about something and it's created health issues as a result. So you look at this and the question is, okay, so is that passed down to me? And I have just adopted it as my own belief and it's not true for me? Or is that created from me? Is that mine to own? Okay. Either way, it's yours to own, but is that my karma from a past life? And so it really can be an uncomfortable process, but the whole point is it's about being honest, taking an honest self-inventory and getting real and saying, okay, I can't keep a relationship. Why is that? And then looking at that and owning it instead of projecting and blaming, it's always them. Because at the end of the day, what spirits say is, when we pass away, we are fully transparent and we have to be fully accountable for all of our thoughts, words, and deeds in life. You can't blame anyone else because we have free will, free choice every day. So we can choose to show up in earth school, do our work, learn these contracts and the soul, what we're talking about, these life assignments that oftentimes cripple us. They keep us stuck. And to me, that's the definition of a living hell. And so I called this book, What's Your Heaven?, because you can choose to live in a living hell, whether you're alive or dead, or heaven on earth here now. So it's all about the lens through which we choose to view all of this, through love or fear, through light or through shadow. Well, I absolutely love what you just said, because this podcast is all about the power of intentional choices and the behavioral patterns that we choose in our lives. And as you just said, when we make those intentional choices towards our ego, it ends up in us having trauma and adversity and being, as you say, in the shadow. But if we choose to be intentional about following the blueprint that's been given to us and we take intentional steps on the path to becoming who we are supposed to be, life tends to go in the opposite direction and you experience happiness and success, wealth, and the other things that go from it. Do you think that the spirit world really plays into this, I guess you could say, blueprint that I just brought up? 
Oh, absolutely. Because everything is energy, whether you're alive or dead. Okay. So spirit, whether it's our own spirit, that's currently housed in the physical vessel to allow us to experience earth school and do our work. Or when we die, the spirit that goes back to this other realm, the fifth dimension, it's just energy. And so spirit plays a huge role because when we plug into our higher self, our soul self, the part of us that's still in the spirit realm and connected to the team of spirits we were talking about, you can do your work with a lot more grace, ease, and joy because you're not in resistance. So you're not in your ego. Ego has been said, E-G-O, edging God out. So you're trying to do it. You're making choices in the frequency of shadow, in ego. You're disconnected. And it's a very limited place. It's a very fear-based place. And again, that's what creates our depression, our struggle, our frustration, our anxiety. And that is a definition of a living hell. But it doesn't have to be that way. It's not supposed to be that way. When you plug in every day to your higher self, to your team and spirit, to your source, whatever you call it, and you, it becomes a collaboration or a co-creation with this divine energy, you then show up and connect into those frequencies of light. And you make choices from light which is that aligned place, the place that connects to love and compassion. And that's where you can still do the work, but enjoy the process and learn the lessons with a lot more ease and grace. Rebecca, I'm going to detour a little bit here. And this is something I've never really brought up on the podcast before. I was not a believer at all in any of this. And I would say at this point, about 15 years ago, I started to get this, you could call it a voice, you could call it a message, but it would show up in my dreams. It would show up when I was meditating. It would show up when I was really thinking about what my purpose was in life. And it kept telling me that you were supposed to serve the beaten, broken, bored, and battered of the world. And I kept getting this message and going, what in the world does that mean? And what am I supposed to do with this? So... For a period of time, I decided to ignore it. And I have to tell you, you will not believe the trauma and adversity that I started to go through. I'm talking being scorpions falling from the ceiling and bed bugs invading my bed and my kids' beds, termite infestation throughout my whole house. Wow. Another house getting flooded, then my divorce and everything. As this is going on, I wasn't happy with my career that I was on. I just didn't feel fulfilled with it. And I remember in 2015, I was attending this Halloween party that my friends put on. It was this huge event, typically had six or 700 people on it, but they had all kinds of different booths set up. And one of them was a palm reader. And I happened to go up to her. I didn't believe anything that they had to say. And I remember her looking at my palms and holding them. And then her facial expression completely changed. And she looks at me and she goes, you are supposed to do something extremely important and you're not doing it. And she said, you have so much spirit inside of you and you have so much to teach the world, but you're holding yourself back. And I happened to be with a person I was dating at the time. And she said, uh, the person you're with is just a stepping stone for you meeting the person that you're supposed to be with. But then she went on to say that your spirit guide isn't happy with you. 
and she is very upset with the choices that you've been making along your life path. And I said, well, who is my spirit guide? And she said, it's Amy. And no one in the world knows who Amy is because she is my fiance who died when we were much younger. She died of cancer. I just felt all of a sudden this immense emotion that I had never felt before. It launched into me a period of kind of two years of intense introspection where I just started to really lean in and coming out of this whole new life that I've embarked on and passion struck and everything else came about. I tell that because as you were just talking about the blueprint, I think my own example is a great one of how when we're in alignment with our blueprint, things go well. And when we're not, trauma, adversity, emotional struggles tend to hit us. So I thought I would share that. Oh, it's so beautiful and powerful. And thank you, because I think a lot of people can relate. A lot more people are waking up like this. And you were talking about all the struggles that were happening. The universe will gently, your spirit guides will gently try and wake you up and get you back on your path if you've fallen off. But when you don't listen, it starts as a whisper and it turns into a roar. I call these a shake up to wake up. It doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to have tragedy to wake you up if you start to pay attention and then follow the guidance. But I think, again, if you're in your ego, fear comes in. It's scary to wake up and start hearing this voice. And it requires you to suspend doubt and disbelief and long enough to open to the possibility maybe there is something bigger guiding me, helping me. And maybe my life is meant to be used for something bigger. And the fact when you followed it and all of a sudden things are falling into place and you have success, that's your validation that you're in alignment. So it takes a brave soul to do that. But here's the deal. We talked about doing the work. If you don't do it, you're the one who's going to be kicking yourself when you cross over. And this is why I wrote this book. All the dead people who come to me all the time saying the same things, the regrets, mistakes, frustrations, epiphanies they had only after they died to, oh my God, how did I not wake up in life and see this? Now I have to go back and do it all over again. The other thing I really want to bring up is we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to get it right all the time. We're not meant to. It's school. It's trial and error. The only thing that matters is that we learn from our mistakes. And each time we try and do and be better, that it's intention. If your intention is to be your best self, do your best work, it doesn't mean perfection. That's what we keep track of, our higher self, okay? And so I think it's important because I think people get afraid. Like they go into this, well, what if I fail? As long as your intention is to show up and put your best foot forward, you're succeeding. I know some of my listeners are probably still out there rolling their eyes And I wanted to have you talk about something else to maybe help them understand this even clearer. I happened to be listening to a podcast episode when I was preparing today between you and your good friend, Gabby Bernstein, and the topic of Wayne Dwyer came up about how his soul came back into life to learn forgiveness and self-reliance. He also came up in an interview that I just did with Chris Carr, who happened to share the stage with him multiple times and talks about just how powerful he was. Thinking about this analogy of Earth School and how we don't graduate with our soul's hard-earned diploma. Instead, we continue our work on the other side. I was hoping you could use Wayne Dwyer as an example 
of his soul journey and why you believe he is still talking to us from the mm -hmm. other side. I love that you're bringing this up because Gabby and I were friends and we met in New York socially. We're going out, but also we did the podcast. And two days before I went to New York, I had a dream about Wayne. He came to me, which wasn't unusual because I've worked with his family since he died. Synchronistically, they just showed up in my life a few years after his death. And so I feel like I have a very special connection. I have a huge admiration for that man. He's such a an, a master, in my opinion, who walked this land as a teacher for all of us and still is. So he came to me in a dream and Gabby said, Wayne's working with me. I, oh my God, Wayne's working with me. And so we both were like, Wayne is working with those of us, call us light workers, way showers, whatever you want. You're one of them to bring truth to the world. Okay. Wayne was a human, just like all ascended masters. They didn't have it easy. Wayne died ultimately of cancer. Okay. None of us are immune to life's challenges. It doesn't matter how wise we are, how revered we are. We are still spiritual beings going through the human experience and it's messy and we have our own lessons. I always say, sometimes I have it harder than the clients I work with because I'm the guinea pig and I need some street credibility to practice what I preach. So I've had a lot of suicide in my family, a lot of hardships so that I can more credibly, authentically help people because I've been there. Well, same with Wayne, right? He was constantly humble man doing his work for himself, right? He studied the Tao and then he wrote that book, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. He was living that each day and then being a teacher, showing us by example what that looks like. He would do hot yoga all the time. He would meditate all the time. He reflected. So he was our way shower, right? He passed on. Yeah. Did he pass of cancer? He did. And maybe that was from years before he was born into an orphanage. I'm sure there was a lot of childhood wounds with that, abandonment issues. That disease in our body, especially when we are really young, if it's left undealt with, we don't deal with our shadow. We don't do our trauma work because a lot of us have tra trauma, almost everybody. Trauma with the big T, some of us trauma with the little T. If it stays there year after year, 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road, that disease turns into disease. That's where we get the heart attacks, the cancer, right? All the things because that's poison. And that's the whole point. We want to dive into it and lean in, embrace it, do the work, heal it, neutralize it so that we can heal. Does that resonate? Yeah, it does resonate. And I think it's an important aspect that we recognize the why behind our struggle and it's interesting because when i was thinking about that uh, i've heard you say that you believe that we can renegotiate our soul contract and i was hoping through that lens and what you were just talking about you could discuss that a little bit yes so what i have learned from the other side is that we come in with this loose blueprint of the lessons we need to learn. And when we're up in the spirit world planning it, sometimes we are overly ambitious and we bite off more than we can chew. And then we get down here like, oh my God, what was I thinking? Was I on drugs when I planned this? Because this is way too much. And so for some, what I've heard is spirit will say, okay, so you can either 
bring it down a few notches. It doesn't have to be exactly what you set out to do and just water it down a little so it's doable. Or you can switch gears, change your timeline altogether and say, you know what? No, I don't want to exit at 35 from cancer. I was going to originally. I had that in the cards because there were lessons in that for me and for the people around me. But instead, I want more time. So you bypass that exit point, you heal from the cancer, and you will then journey on until you reach the next exit point. Maybe that next one you negotiate at 72 or 96. There's a rhyme and a reason that the human mind doesn't fully understand, but the soul puts in place for divine reasons. You can through meditation, through energy healings with maybe a professional, through past uh, life between lives, regression work with a professional, through dreams, you can work with your team and spirit. You can, you are the co-creator. And no soul dies without its own consent on a soul level, okay? And so if you really feel like you need more time, you want to keep choosing life, or for some souls, they're tired, they're done, and they want to exit. So they speed it up, and then they have a heart attack. And that was on a soul level, divinely designed, because they said, you know what? I don't have it in me to complete what I originally signed up for, and that's okay. Because here's the deal. No one judges us but ourselves. When we cross over, we have so much love and support from what I call the council of elders. It's your team of very evolved guides that help you originally plan that soul contract. And then what will happen is when you go over there, you look at it, you do a life review and you decide where maybe you could have done better, give yourself credit for everything you did do, and then decide, okay, am I going to reincarnate and when, and what does that look like to heal and balance what I left undone? Or am I going to work on the other side and do it here or both? So do you believe we reach a maturity level after we've reincarnated a number of times that we eventually do not come back and we stay in the spirit world? That is the hope. Okay. That is the goal. We are here to evolve our consciousness and we all come in at different levels of consciousness, right? And the idea is to work your way. In the book, I have Dr. David Hawkins. He has a scale of consciousness, and it's all about different emotions that calibrate at different frequencies. And we all have an energy frequency, and we have a set point. And while we all bounce around that scale day to day, just because of the human earthly experience, we have a set point. I like to compare it to a school system, grades K through 12, and then you have college, and then you have post-college, and you have master class and above. So- we all fall somewhere on that scale. And the goal with reincarnation is to keep coming back and moving up that scale or, or evolving, graduating to a, the higher grade level. Okay. So that is the point. And the more evolved souls are the ones who are more living in the frequencies that I call heaven, generosity, compassion, kindness, honor, truth, peace, love. I love that you brought up David Hawkins' book because, as I mentioned to you before you came on today, I have my own book coming out in February, and I wrote a chapter called The Conscious Engager, which I think fits into exactly what you're talking about. But what I loved about David's book, uh, Power Versus Force, was that he created that map of consciousness, which was the first thing that I'd ever seen where someone tried to, to provide a concrete map of the different stages of our evolution. And the notion that you'd be able to measure your personal vibration and a quarant level of where you are in a scale of enlightenment, to me, was extremely compelling. And 
what I did with this chapter is I think so many people today are living in the unconscious. I call it the pinball existence. We are just bouncing off of things like we're the pinball instead of the pinball player who learns how to play the game of pinball and win it by being conscious about the actions and choices that we're making. Long-winded way to get into how do you start taking the courageous steps towards moving forward into the unknown? And what do you think stops us from taking these steps? Because I often say that the hardest choice to make is the first choice. Oh, it's so true. Oh, God, I could talk to you all day. Like everything you just said, I could talk to you for an hour because I was sleepwalking through life. That's what we do. And then we use our drug of choice to numb and we stay stuck in that spin cycle. And that's where we react to life like the pinball versus respond intentionally from a place of empowerment. It starts with an intention, okay? An intention followed by an invitation. And that's where you invite in your higher self, your higher team and spirit source energy to help you. So you're going from doing this from ego to an alignment with higher self, which means plugged in as a divine co-creative process, okay? Recognizing you're far more powerful with that energy working with and through you than on your own. And then feeling the fear and doing it anyways. Just the other day, my husband said, you were only 20 years old when you had the courage. Back in 1997, people weren't like in awe of psychics and mediums. I was a soothsayer. I was, it was blasphemy. I got so much pushback. It was crazy. And yet I knew I had to do this. I was so terrified. The first time I got on stage in front of hundreds of people with nothing except going on faith that spirit would provide, right? When I started doing readings, but you feel the fear because your faith is bigger than your fear. Okay. Or your frustration and your struggle, you're just so over it that you are so on your knees, desperate for anything. So if you can get to that place of humility where, okay, you've brought me to my universe, it's okay to feel afraid or anxious or in doubt, but step forward anyways. And the best prayer you can say is spirit, show me the next step. Show me, guide me. And from there, that's where you have to follow the flow, the synchronicities, the signs. That's how divine intervention comes in. And then you'll start saying, wow, my gosh, that worked. That was a miracle. That was amazing. And that starts to build your faith and trust. Like for me in the first four to five years, I was so scared and so doubtful. I still thought I was making it up and I was doing readings. Now, 25 years later, it's like a firm knowing. It's not even a belief. And I get excited to show people that this is real. And if you just meet spirit halfway and say, I'm scared, or I don't know how, I'm overwhelmed, help me, and then let go, surrender, watch how things start magically showing up. Well, we talked about earlier how they showed up for Wayne Dwyer. I always like to use another example. I've never used it in the context that we're talking about, but that example is President Abraham Lincoln, because what a lot of people don't realize, we hear about him being the best president ever. We hear about that last chapter of his life, but what we don't often hear about is the 90% of his life that happened before that, where 
he basically went from going to law school, starting to practice law, then became a surveyor, did that for a little bit, tried to run for office, failed, went back and owned a shop, didn't like that either, went back, succeeded, made it to office, but decided he didn't like it, then went to another thing. And during this period of his life, he just self-described himself as a piece of driftwood aimlessly going throughout life without any direction or intentional pursuit until that blueprint became clear to him and he followed it and the rest is history. It's just an example because whether it's him, whether it's Gabby Bernstein, Chris Carr, or someone else, I think oftentimes people see people like these folks and they say, there's no way my life can be like theirs. And what they don't realize is that they were suffering just like people who are listening today are suffering. Chris Carr, when she was 31, got the diagnosis on Valentine's Day that she had terminal stage four cancer. Yet she opened up a new blueprint for herself. And 20 years later, look at the amazing things that she's accomplishing, keynoting stages and writing best-selling books. So I just am highlighting these to give people examples of how you can intentionally shape your life from where it is to pursuing where you want it to go. Exactly. I love that. And it lends to one of my chapters in the book. I am here to heal and contribute. And it's exactly what you're saying about Chris Carr and people like that, who you take your struggle, your suffering, the hand you've been dealt, and you find the gift in it. And you do the work and then you pay it in forward in service to others. So then you're like, oh, I didn't go through that in vain. And I am here now to use that healing and that light and that good to help others do the same. Being friends with Gabby, she her last book, it's amazing. It's my favorite book of hers, Happy Days. She's so authentic, real and vulnerable in that book about her damage and her life assignments she and I are a lot alike because we air our dirty laundry because we feel it's our job to be relatable and to show people we might have superpowers, but we all do in our own ways. We're not above anybody. Like I said earlier, we probably are going through it equal, if not more than most people, so that we can be the light, be the example and show people the how. I hope this inspires people. Like at the end of the day, we're all connected. I talk about this in my book. We are all a spark of the divine. That's what we were talking about earlier, that spirit that is eternal. And while we all have different earthly details to our soul contracts, the feelings we go through are very similar. And we're all connected. We're all in this together. So when you can really come together in unity consciousness, talk about evolved consciousness, because 3D, the earth realm, is very separation consciousness. Like it's me against you, it's competition, comparison. More of us are moving into the awareness, the higher consciousness of we're all in this together. It's the unity. How can we help each other to evolve, to grow, to be our best selves? And so I think anyone listening here should be inspired, even if they're struggling. You can turn this around. And we're talking, it goes all the way back to intention and free will choice. Rebecca, one of the things that, you often talk about is that we think about things too much through our head and we don't use our heart enough. And this kind of goes counteractive to at least what I was taught. How do we get back to our truth by listening to our heart? 
I love that because a lot of people try and find answers through their head. That's not where divine guidance is. Divine guidance is in our hearts because it operates through feelings. Intuition, it's the right brain. So it's imagination, it's feelings. And so we have to, I think the biggest thing, because I think to some degree, we're all wired in our to show up each day and start operating from our head. But it's to be intentional and say, I'm going to spend five minutes and start my day breathing, getting present, and literally imagining this energy dropping into my heart. And then from the heart, then I always say the one-two punch is usually using intellect and intuition. So head and heart, because you want to make responsible choices, right? So our mind, our ego, they are there to serve us, just not enslave us. And so how do you get into your heart? Tune into how you feel. It's that simple. Really stop numbing, stop avoiding, stop busying yourself, going from thing to thing. I'm guilty of this, trust me, especially when I've had too much caffeine. Don't set yourself up for failure. If you really have a hard time sitting still, being present and feeling, maybe don't sit still. Go for a walk. Go for a moving meditation. Go for a bike ride. Go for a hike. And then in that place, try and find stillness and be present and then feel tune into how you feel. And then I promise you, your intuition will start to open up. Yeah, I know a lot of my friends and people who know me always ask, why in the heck do you get up at 445, 5 o'clock in the morning? And the reason I do it is for a lot of the reasons that you were just talking about is there's something about the stillness of that time in the morning. I just love going outside and just experiencing nature. I spend the first 20 or so minutes walking my dog without listening to anything and just trying to tune in to the universe around me. And it's during that time that I do meditation and try to set my intentions for the day on how I want to live it with excellence and passion and purpose so that I'm not wasting the day, but I'm using it to make an impact on other people's lives. But I don't think we do things like that enough. We don't let ourselves align on a daily basis to a vision that we want to achieve. And and it's hard. It took me a year or so of practice to start getting into the habit of eventually doing this every single day. What are some ways that a listener could start from your research doing this and living their life through more of this intentional lens by starting to let the universe come into them and letting it guide them? You know, I think you just said it. The most important thing spirit has shown me is really Wake up each day, whatever time you wake up. I agree with you. I think early morning, the veil between heaven and earth is a lot thinner. It's a lot easier to tune in to your higher self and your loved ones in spirit early morning, like three to 6 a.m. Okay. It's kind of magic time. And so whatever time you do this though, start your day intentionally five minutes a day. One thing I started with was I would lie in bed before I even lifted my head from the pillow and I would invite my team in because the law of free will says spirit can't align and help and serve you unless you give spirit permission. So I give you permission, however you want to say it. Thank you for being with me today. Set your intention to have a magical day. I call it a day of heaven on earth or a blissful day, grace, ease, and flow. Okay. Because then you're calling in the intention. You're going to align with that. And then 
what we think about, what we believe is will be reflected to us in the 3D world throughout our day. But going outside, connecting to the earth is so healing. It's called earthing or grounding. So it really is amazing if you can walk barefoot, take your shoes off, go stand in the grass or at the beach if you're lucky enough to be there. That's my heaven on earth. And then really put your feet on the earth, whether you're walking or standing still or lay on the earth and connect. It's the human resonance. Okay. It's the heartbeat of mother earth. It soothes you. It clears you. It drains our negative energy. It, the negative ions, which are really positive and they raise your frequency. They clear your vibration. Start your day that way. I love what you said about you just walk your dog without any interference or distractions. I think so many of us are afraid to be quiet and be still because we have so many demons inside of us, so many regrets, fears, frustrations, guilt. If you're having compassion with ourselves, we all have it. So let it come up, feel it, lean into it because you got to feel it to heal it, to release it, okay? But once you get past that, then you feel freedom and then you want to wake up each day and live your life this way because you realize it feels so much better. Well, Rebecca, I know right now there are so many people in the world who feel they are far from a state of heaven when what we're surrounded by on a daily basis, especially if you turn on the news, is darkness and nihilism in the form of human suffering, polarization, disease, environmental catastrophe, war, disruption, division. I think it's leading billions around the world to feel lonely, which is why we have these epidemics of loneliness and helplessness and hopelessness, which ultimately is what I figured out the universe wanted me to help with. But I believe that there's a better tomorrow ahead, but a lot of people don't see it. Why do you believe that people should have hope in their future and how do they shift from this resignation to an awakening? Yeah. One of the things spirit has taught me is that instead of waking up as a victim each day saying, why is this happening to me? Or why is this happening in the world? Okay. That's a very disempowered place to be because there you have you're hopeless versus, okay, what is this here to teach me? And how do I find healing or how do I find balance in moving forward? That takes you from victim to victor. Okay. There's a saying, life's not happening to you. It's happening for you, for your soul's highest good, highest growth and evolution. So then you're like, okay, I can deal with this. I'm going to learn from this so I can neutralize it. So I can check the box and be done with that, that struggle, whatever that is. And that's where I was saying, you invite and show me next steps, spirit, show me higher self guides. Whatever you want to say, show me how. Okay, help me find inner peace because it's an inside job from the inside out. All I can say is the proof is in the pudding, right? You have to experience it. It's a feeling to authentically understand what you and I are talking about. You have to have your own personal experience. It's like when you saw the palm reader and she blew you away, opened your consciousness. It was always there. It was just muddied, covered. But then she woke you up to the truth again. And so I think really it comes back to action. It's a delicate balance between surrender and then putting forth your effort and not in effort, but intention. 
and then taking inspired action, meaning from spirit, not from ego. And so that is really, I believe, what needs to happen because when people start having their own authentic experiences, they start to feel relief and hope. So the work I do, and let me just say this one last thing. I do readings because I like, I'm an evidential medium. I like to demonstrate things nobody can know. I had a woman on a group call two days ago, total skeptic, she said. Husband died two months ago, very young. I don't know the age. He was sounded like around 50, very young. He came through and I said, he's showing me ho-hos and Twinkies and he's laughing. She said, oh my God, that was all she needed to believe. I guess right before he died, she was going to leave town and he was in charge of the kids for a week. And he ordered dozens of ho-hos and Twinkies on Amazon and they got delivered after he died. And the kids were in on this and they said, mom, dad didn't want to tell you, but we were going to live off of these the whole week you were gone. So he came through teasing about that. Who would know that? She said that was so comforting to know he really was there communicating. And that gave her hope. That's why the work I do, Spirit has said, you need to do this to help alleviate doubt, bring people back to hope and truth so that we can all, in a sense, create our heaven on earth. And I just was hoping you could touch on something else really quick. You suggest in chapter eight that we need to pick a study partner. What mistakes do people often make in this regard? Well, when I say pick a study partner, it means we are all in relationships with each other to learn important lessons and teach important lessons. And that's part of the soul contracts. Okay. So whether it's your immediate family members or soulmate, a loved romantic love affair, a best friend, I think sometimes what happens is that we pick the wrong partners, sometimes out of ego, or we stay too long. People are in your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. So for example, the idea of marriage is you get married, you stay married till death do your part. For some people, that is true. For other people, it's only supposed to be until you finish your work together. And then when you overstay your welcome, let's say you were married and after 13 years, you're complete, but the shoulds in your mind, you need to stay married. That's what a good you know person does. But you're miserable. Your kids are suffering. That's where we get in our own way, become our own worst enemy. Because the idea is you're then supposed to free each other up to move on to a new set of lessons, new experiences with new soulmates to keep growing and evolving. So I think where we trip ourselves up is the shoulds. Okay. And Rebecca, the last thing I'd like to ask is if someone would like to learn more about you, obviously I'm going to have the book all over the show notes, but where is the best place for them to contact you and learn more about your work? Yeah, of course. RebeccaRosen.com. That is my website. That houses everything. They can find the book there. I have a podcast, small, medium at large. My hashtag for social media is at medium Rebecca Rosen. So I'm all over the place and intentionally. I'm a teacher just like you. We're here to be the light, to spread the light and to inspire others. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining today. It was such a fun conversation. It was. Likewise, thank you so much for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed that interview with Rebecca Rosen, and I wanted to thank Rebecca, Harper Wave, and Jessica Retta for the honor and privilege 
of having her appear on the show. Links to all things Rebecca will be in the show notes. Please use our website links if you purchase any of the books from the guests that we feature here on the show. All proceeds go to supporting the show. Advertiser deals and discount codes are in one convenient place at passionstruck.com deals. Videos are on YouTube at both John R. Miles and Passion Struck Clips. You can catch me also on syndicated radio on the Brushwood Media Network Monday and Friday on your commutes from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. I have some exciting news that my book, Passion Struck, is now also available for pre-order and a link will be in the show notes for that as well. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn and subscribe to my newsletter. You can also find me at John R. Miles on all the other social platforms where I post daily. You're about to hear a preview of the Passion Struck podcast interview that I did with Jason Harris. As the founder of Mechanism, a leading advertising agency, Jason has become a beacon of soulful persuasion, showing us that anyone can become a true artist in their own right. We discuss his best-selling book, The Soulful Art of Persuasion. It's about learning storytelling, it's understanding your values, writing down those values, expressing to people who you are and what you believe in. And that allows you to stand out in this world where we're all persuading every day, whether we like it or not, personally and for our business, you've got to stand out. And if you don't stand out, you're not going to get noticed. And so it's up to you to determine and really know yourself and talk about it. But what really works in persuasion is standing out and knowing yourself and really being an original. The fee for this show is that you share it with family or friends when you find something useful or interesting. If you know someone who's really into the spiritual connection world, then definitely share today's episode with Rebecca Rosen with them. The greatest compliment that you can give us is to share the show with those that you love and care about. In the meantime, do your best to apply what you hear on the show so that you can live what you listen. Until next time, go out there and become passion struck.